0: What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Rodalescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, bringing you very incredible guests from all over. My next guest is a former engineer and manager in the corporate world. He is now an entrepreneur with his wife of the Zimmer Law Firm. Please welcome Andrew Zimmer. Andrew, welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, I'm excited where this conversation is gonna go, be based upon what we've already ta- discussed already. And so, um, I always love to get into people that were in corporate and then are now entrepreneurs. And in your bio, you said like how it was, uh, it was a little tough transition doing that. So, talk to us a little bit about that because you—that's know, really a main part of my my show or our guests like you.
1: Absolutely. I think for me, the the big part leaving was the security of a good w two income, right? You have health care and benefits and retirement. And so I think everything that society tells us you had to have and check those boxes, I was able to check those. Yeah. And so there's a lot of societal pressure then on why would you ever give that up?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but deep
1: down, I knew that that wasn't what fulfilled me, made me happy. I felt like I could offer other and better things. So I was always in conflict. Um, but I think that's the biggest struggle is walking away from something where 99% of the room is going to tell you you're crazy and having the guts to kind of say, no, it's okay to do my own thing.
0: Right. Exactly. It's the very true. And so, um, I feel like we need people that are that belong in corporate. You know, we need those people to because that's what part of what helps make the world go around. But we also want to support people that, and the reason why for my show, support people that have have a bigger purpose in life and want to fulfill that purpose, whatever that might look like, and it doesn't have to look like everybody else. And so, I love I love your bio and how you want to. And um, what did you say here at the end? You want to talk about the most impactful. Books and the fit and just things that um, help encourage and inspire the listeners, right?
1: Yeah, it's i I feel like I didn't have a great vehicle of other people supporting me. Tracy did, and Tracy, my wife, bet on me when I didn't bet on myself. After her, it was a pretty short list of people who really were like, "You can do this." And so that's why I try to give back to other folks. Is I don't like, you know, again, it's, it's hard when people kind of maybe go down a wrong path or, you know, again, just because you want to be an entrepreneur doesn't mean you can, or that you've a the product or idea will sell, but when folks have it and they have that burning desire, I love to help stoke that flame a little bit because it's easy for their family and friends to be naysayers. And so I, you know, they're going to have very few voices saying, go for it. So I like to try to use a platform when I can to help people say, you know, it's okay. You're going to do all right. Failure in this utter and catastrophic way is so not likely worth some risk because I think risk is really opportunity, right? Sure. The hard, the, the things worthwhile in life are risky. Yeah. Good things don't happen without some risk. So instead of seeing risk and going, oh, I should shy away from it going, Hey, that's a door. And if we open that door, there's, there could be some really special things behind it.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Um, so what was the, the, like the aha moment or the turning point where you and your wife decided to start your own law firm?
1: Yeah. So she had been working um at other firms and growing her book of business. And in her mind, she was always going to open her own firm someday. Yeah. And she got to this point then where she kind of came home and just said, I think like I'm ready. You know, my book's getting to a certain size. I'm starting to get pulled into projects and tasks I don't want to do. And I feel like I can I could have a say and just control it. And I think the best way to control it's just have my own business. Sure. And so that was what kind of the catalyst then that she did that and said, you know, maybe in the next three months, like let's build out a plan. And every night we were just working on what it would take to understand what we were getting into. And then she kicked it off, you know, I'd say over about three months, opened it up and started Zimmer Law
0: Firm. Yeah. You guys have been pretty successful.
1: We have. Um, it's just about 10X um since the first year. The first year was a wild success. The, you know, that meant, you know, she took home more money than she had before, had more time, more enjoyment in her work. And then you think from a revenue perspective that it's just exploded and we've been able to do things that we hoped we would maybe do, you know, 30 or 40 years down the road. Now you're kind of having to recalibrate into, well, if I'm already here, yeah, then what I mean. is 30 and 40 years down the road? And it those are fun discussions to have.
0: For sure, and so how is it working with your wife?
1: We like it um I understand it's not for everybody, but I think it is for more people if they would maybe take a crack at it sure we we are different people and so we don't overlap She's the attorney she's the legal brain she's how to work with all of the legal documents, the client experience how to over deliver you know for them yeah. um, a lot of strategic vision and what she wants out of the firm that she'd always wanted. I'm in marketing, sales, systems, process, project management, and we overlap a little bit, but she's not really coming to my office going, you should do this with digital marketing any more than I'm in there saying, and this is how a trust provision should be worked worked out. So that's where we kind of have, we stay in our lanes, we come together on certain pieces. So we're not, there's days people go, you know, you see each other, you must see each other all day long. And I say, no, literally, we both have full calendars. Yeah, a lot of days I, you know, walk past her office in the morning or pop in once, or she does to me, and otherwise it's we get home. It's kind of how was your day? What were your meetings like, and what you worked on? Because we don't work side by side twenty four seven.
0: Yeah. Well, so. My late husband and I, we had several businesses together. And so we worked side by side, like day in, day out. I think over the course of 10 years, we probably had 10 days apart from each other, which is a lot. And it, there were moments where it was just like, you know, it's overwhelming, but we, like you, we're a power couple, you're a power yeah. couple together, you know, and near there are people that you can, you know, if you're with your spouse, certain couples have that ability to really complement each other's strengths. And that's what we were able to do for each other. And it is not for everyone. In hindsight, I think we probably worked too closely together (laughs) because it could, you know, for me, like we were side by side, like day in and day out, we travel everywhere together. And it was just, it was a lot, but we were able to really create quite the, you know, our businesses were, you know, very successful. So
1: That's that's inspiring. That is a good little anecdote of you know where we try to separate things out and keep them the same. Of, I feel like we get this one plus one equals three or four with us because we're not clones of each other, and I think that's where the secret sauce is that we aren't. If we were identical versions of each other, we'd probably butt heads all day long because you know it would be harder to line up. Where I think that when you can complement each other, you really go further because that's to me. How you'd want to structure a business partnership, regardless if it was spouses or not, right? Clones of each other would not take you as far as saying, I'm not good at all these things. Let me bring in a partner that can. Yeah. We just naturally get that through the marriage.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What would be like some advice to maybe anybody that's listening that has a spouse that's talking about starting a business together because they're kind of like thinking that there's something more out there for them?
1: Um, yeah, I think one is is being supportive. You know, day one when she said, I want to start a business, I just wanted to help and not intrude, but certainly be supportive. And it morphed into us working together. But day one, it was like, I'm happy for you to support that. And if if my background can be useful to you, let me help. And over about nine or 10 months, that turned into, let's do this full-time together. And so I think one is just be supportive, be there for that person. It's hard. If you understand it, that's fantastic. If you don't be inquisitive, ask some questions. It may be an opportunity for you to do some things, and if not, you can at least understand what they're doing. Um, there is no greater reward, no harder, you know, day in the life of an entrepreneur. I mean, it's. Yeah. I tell people all the time, "Do you want me to talk you in or out of it?" As much as I love it, that there's a whole side that I think is really challenging that doesn't get enough showcasing on social media. Of yeah. it's hard. It's really freaking hard, and that needs to be out there too. Not just celebrating the wins, but the tough days and the days that your best employee quits and you're not oh, sure God, how to yeah. get them replaced and can't hire yeah. there's a cash flow issue that's the real side too and that's hard.
0: Yeah, you know, no those are very real things and you're absolutely right because it is very hard as rewarding as it is and it's great to have this freedom, you know, you work harder having your own business than you do working at a in a corporate job. I mean, you can work hard there too, but it's it's a different kind of um effort I feel like if that makes sense. You know, we had about 150 employees. So we had a lot Whoa. of employees. And so, there. I mean, and you talk about cash flow issues, you know, I mean, we started up in 2008 when everything crashed. And so we had to do, um, oh, God, what we... we, we did the borrowing on our receivables, right? And so very high interest rate. And so we tried to get it, we we needed that because we we did $4 million in sales in one year, the first year. And so when you, your vendors or your customers expect terms, and Mm -hmm. so you're basically financing their business until that invoice becomes due. And so how are you gonna pay your employees for four weeks? You know when you're not getting paid from your customers for four weeks. Yes, so it's uh, it's a it's a delicate balancing act, and it's um, it's incredibly rewarding when you are successful. And when you resolve some of those issues, it's like I did this. You feel like you won.
1: <laughs> I think that's probably almost sometimes like the most fun and exciting part is when when you nail something and it's really working and you you overcame some challenges. Yeah, really aware that you you truly did that, and you get to. High five the team and yourselves, but you know that you played a key, huge yeah. part in it. That is so much fun and so
0: rewarding to me. Yes, it is. What, can you share What a challenge that you and your wife experienced that you got and tell us how you got through it and what the resolution was?
1: Yeah. So if you go way back, we did um, a lot of flat fee work in the, in the legal space. Okay. And we did a lot of pay, um, our clients, a lot of our clients paid like, half up front and maybe half at the very completion of the project. Okay. So we would do all of the work and then send the final invoice and then get paid usually 90 to 180 days later. And so there was this period where, you know, I'd go, man, we this was the most work we ever did. We double from six months ago. And then the flip side would I would be talking to Tracy going, but we don't have money to pay bills. Right. Cause it was a cash flow issue. And it was so challenging to see the team doing the work, but we weren't always being compensated for it and compensated in time. Yeah. And so, you know, we overcame that. We shifted. We started seeing what other competitors did, what just with the market and we decided we would move to a upfront payment only system. Yeah. Or tiered where we could actually have a stop point. And so we would yeah. never work beyond the the funds we'd collected. And then that moved us out of dealing with AR. You know, we're just taking, you know, essentially checking the box saying we're done with everything that we'd already pre-collected. Yeah. And pretty much over 30 or 60 days, our cash flow issues went away. If we had the big month, we already had the funds for it and we were able to pay everything and pay people and save. And that was a huge one. And it was a big aha moment of saying, we've got to completely change how we invoice and bill clients.
0: What is good everyone? This is your host Deanna Rodalescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Can we get a round of applause today? Woo! Today I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. And let me tell you something the oh, It smells so good. My man wears this every day. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and use the code LABELFREE20 for 20% off of free shipping and into it. I think for a law firm that's more acceptable than if you are selling goods. So yeah. we sold transmissions to. I mean, our customers were like UPS, FedEx, um, you know, Garda, um, Pepsi, Coca Cola, and you know, a lot of these big these big companies. They don't pay. Right away. They pay 45, 60, sometimes 90 days. Yes. You know, because based on their you talk about AR, their system. And if those invoices aren't in- inputted correctly, you're gonna get a delay in getting paid. And so you might get a check, but it's not gonna be for everything that's due. And it, you know, it's like, um, I think from a legal standpoint, because let me tell you something. I've had to deal with nine different lawyers for nine different issues in one year. i know how you guys operate (laughs) yes you do (laughs) i know how you guys operate so but you know i always would i'd always negotiate the bill you know because like they love to bill you those billable hours
1: (laughs) and so that's why we went to a about 97 percent flat fee where you know when someone comes in just because of what we're doing we can say hey this is the deliverable you're going to get the meetings the conversations the communication around it And then just say, to do this, this is what it costs. And people then don't have to get this. How did this bill cost this much? We already talked ahead of time to get X, Y, Z. It's going to be this much money. And then we just go pay it and we'll start. Or we can do, you know, send in half. We'll get you maybe a summary. And then once we get the second half, we'll complete everything. We have a few people say no, but otherwise it changed that game for us. Where before we just chased, I mean, we spent a lot of man hours chasing getting payment for something we had done six months ago. And that was frustrating as heck.
0: Well, yeah. And that's like if you want to talk about your financials and being, in you know, that's like costing you money then because, you know, you're it's like, what, are they going to pay you interest on that money that they've owed you for six months? No, but you're still operating your business you and so, like you've already put out those efforts, that manpower. And it's like you're not getting compensated for that money that you're that you finance their business basically for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have a question. Do you think a lot of law firms should go to like a flat rate for different things?
1: Yeah. And you're seeing it more and more. I'm really active on LinkedIn and they're definitely, it's a growing camp um, where I would say 10 or 15 years ago, it actually got called alternate fee because it was different. right? And it was, to me, that's backwards because in all the industries I came from, you put together a proposal for what the de- you know delivery of goods would be and said how much it's going to cost. This is not alternate. This is how a lot of the world functions. Yeah. And it's starting to shift over now to more and more people doing it, especially in more and more complex areas. You're, yeah. you're seeing... Folks do complex litigation with these proposals of That's kind of like good. this tree of options saying, hey, if it goes to here, we do this. If it goes to here, it would cost this to do this or this based on what facts we find. And then people know what they're getting into. And what we found is people will pay more yeah. to have that like cutoff of costs, right? You know, because again, if you're doing this bill that comes every month. You know, is this how many months is this going to go on? What are these bills going to be? And these people, I we find is people want to know just what will it cost, and so it can actually be higher because, like an insurance policy in your mind of, but then that's done, and I do get this thing, and it's a guarantee. Yeah, and it just it de-stresses. So I feel like firms should explore it. It may not be perfect forever or in every case, yeah, but it makes your life a lot easier when you move that way.
0: Can you tell us what kind of law you guys practice?
1: Yeah, so. Estates and trusts. So we do about a third is estate planning. So putting together powers of attorney and wills and trusts for families, about a third of estate and trust administration. So working with families then when they lose loved ones to carry out the estate, carry out the trust, inheritance taxes, things like that. And then a third in what's considered elder law, which is a unique subset of helping people pay for and protect assets from nursing homes, um, trusts for People with like special needs children and the planning around that, guardianships for loved ones. And so some of these more complex areas, but that's it. The neighbor's dog bites you. We are not the firm. You know, we're always in this kind of protection of assets world.
0: Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. I know you're not the attorney, but I'm sure you are fairly knowledgeable with what you guys do. And so, for anybody that's listening, and specifically, I mean, I'm even curious for myself. So, my fiance, his parents are getting older. His father, specifically, is digressing. You know, he's got health problems. I think he's starting dementia, starting, he's got signs of dementia. And they, and his parents have quite a few assets. And so, they've got no will. They've got nothing in a trust. There's no power of attorney. There's nothing to really protect the assets, the mother and him. If the father, you know, goes into a nursing home or, you know, God forbid something happens to him. And, you know, so how important is it for people in that situation to have something set up to protect, protect them in that situation?
1: Yeah. Incredibly. And we see it from a couple of angles. So I'll touch on a few pieces the power attorney side. And that's someone that can make decisions for you if you can't. So when people have dementia, they could have a traumatic stroke, things like that. At some point, if they lose the ability to make decisions for themselves. That means they can't write checks, pay bills, yeah. sell the house if needed. The person that can do that is the power of attorney. Yeah. And once, we, once you lose the ability to get that point, you're looking at what's called a guardianship, which is depending on states, but typically like a hearing in front of a judge where they take that person's rights and ability to make a decision and assign it to somebody else. Yeah. It's expensive. It's stressful. It's the least fun thing somebody could go through for a loved one.
0: Yeah, and a
1: power of attorney can alleviate that. Like, it's just get that that kind of a thing in place. And then from the nursing home perspective, you know, depending on the types of assets people have, sometimes what's called private paying does make sense. You know, you can just pay the invoices they come in. But the highest level of care, depending on state and city and all that, routinely is between like eight and fourteen thousand dollars a month.
0: Yeah.
1: You can do the math on what does that turn into a year? How many years may they live? And if somebody has six or $7 million, they're not going to probably outspend their money. It doesn't make sense to always do it. I don't
0: think a lot of people do.
1: (laughs) Right. So when people come in and they say, we've got 200,000, 400, 600,000, they go, that would be gone in say two or three years. There are things we can do then, depending on how early they come to us to say, we can protect a large part, if not all of that, depending on how things are set up but you have to start those discussions early. When people call and say, dad's in a nursing home, we paid a hundred thousand dollars in bills. There's 30,000 left, way less options than if you would have called five years ago. That's why we always like to talk to people is just helping them understand there are options. And if it's too early, then there's just, we won't do anything right now, but it's kind of, doesn't hurt to usually get those free consultations, ask someone because more times than not, they can give you the plan on Maybe you have to start today, or maybe it's like at a milestone, and we can help set that up for people, and others can. And to me, that's invaluable to start having that game plan of what do you do?
0: Yeah. Wow. With that, on that note, where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more if they want to work with your firm?
1: Yeah. So, from the ver- the firm aspect, um, zimmerlawn.com. I and mean, we can, you can, you know, if you're in the state of Pennsylvania or in Ohio, we're now moving into Ohio, we can help right. that way um, and, you know, set up from there. And then I try to be very active on LinkedIn, on Instagram with sometimes things that the firm can help with, sometimes more helping people understand you can become an entrepreneur and and branch out and do some things Uh in that space. So, you know, I feel like kind of hit it from all angles there.
0: I love it. Um, okay, you guys, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. So go, don't hesitate to go connect with Andrew, go check out their their website and their law firm. So I will make sure that I have those there for you to connect with them. Um, so this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with the audience today?
1: Yeah. Um, m- my favorite thing is it taking steps forward and Putting an action plan in place and making it happen is so much more useful than waiting for a perfect plan or perfect timing. Those people that always wait for perfection watch months and then years and sometimes decades slip by waiting, where the folks that just say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do the next piece tomorrow and the next piece after that. Yeah, six weeks, 12 weeks, a year from now have made a ton of progress and are figuring it out. So if you want to change careers, launch a business, get into a new product area, just a new job in the corporate world. Yeah, Just take the action and you'll actually have the results, the people that don't sit there and suffer the consequences forever.
0: True. Very true. I think you're going to be writing a book soon. <laughs> I got feel that from you. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but you've got, I think you've got like, there's a fire lit in you and you're ready to go. But Andrew, thank you so much. I could keep talking to you. and I could keep asking questions to um, educate the the audience, but maybe we'll have to have a part two somewhere down the line. But it was a blast uh, having listening to your story and what you and your wife were doing together. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Rodolescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.